millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Pick and Roll Podcast. Today, I got a good one for you guys. So basically, this week was, again, full game breakdowns. So the games that we're going to be breaking down this week is... um, the first game is G League Ignite. Watch them play Ron Holland, Matas Buzelas, Izan Almanza, Tyler Smith are the main guys that we I watched and going to break down for you guys. This has definitely been a few games into watching these guys. We watched them for a minute. The next game up that we're going to go ahead and break down is Michigan versus Indiana. That was a really good game. You know, Indiana has Kyle Ware, who is a big-time NBA draft pick center. A lot of people have him late first, early second. And then a guy that not many people are talking about, Oliver Nikahamu. Amu, Amu, it's a tough last name. He used to play for Tennessee. This is his first year playing Michigan. And then Terrence Williams. Both of those guys are people that I could see as NBA prospects. So big time game, big time breakdowns, new names into the draft cycle that nobody's really talking about. The next game I broke down is Oklahoma versus TCU. So the main guy that I broke down from that game is somebody named Jalen Moore from Oklahoma. He's six foot seven. And then from TCU, it's Emmanuel Miller, which is Leonard Miller's you know he's the brother of him we're gonna go ahead and uh go break down cal versus colorado we did break down cal last week so you guys are gonna hear another breakdown of jalen celestine and J- jackson jackson tyson and uh we got to see a full game of cody williams and trista da silva which is big because they've been hurt lately and then another big name guy that a lot of people are talking about in mock drafts that have been lower on much lower on than mo- everybody else is zachary richer it's gonna be the third time we watch a full game of him so uh it's definitely gonna be fun you guys are gonna want to listen to that breakdown it's definitely some new stuff that i saw in this game so it's gonna really be intriguing so yeah we're gonna go ahead and start it off with the g league ignite breakdown so let's start with uh, Ron Holland. Ron Holland so far at G League Ignites, averaging 17.3 points per game, 40% field goal percentage, 16% three-point percentage, 81% free throw percentage, six rebounds, 2.3 assists. Um, you know, Ron Holland, 6'8". The dude, uh, the more you watch him play, every single time you watch him play, something becomes very evident. It's nobody's can stay in front of him. I mean, this man... Is so strong, so quick with his first step. Has such a good handle. Um, you know, I stated it again and again and again, but you know, that's that's this extremely elite selling point that he has. There is no forward in this draft class that is good as he is getting to the rim. It's truly special. You know, his defense really depends on when he's is he focused in that game or not? Um, what's his attention level for the defensive end in that game? 
This game, it was pretty average. Nothing overly great. Not as good as the last game that I watched him play, defensively speaking. There are some flashes of like mid-range shot creation, of like a not mid-range shot creation, but like a mid-range pull-up jump shot and maybe a pull-up three-point shot. But the issue is the three-point shooting. I mean, 16% three-point shooting is really poor. You know what I mean? And it's a tough prospect because he's one of those guys that just has a ginormous ceiling because of how truly dominant he is getting to the rim. But there is a there's a pretty f- low floor there as well because if, you know what I mean, the three-point shot doesn't develop at all, there's a chance that he couldn't be starting on an NBA team because, you know, defenses in the NBA are going to sag off of him and, you know, just play him towards the rim and things of that nature and make him into a shooter, right? You know, that's the way defenses cover these kind of guys. And even though he is so gifted getting to the rim, it's going to be interesting. He's 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 definitely a boomer bust guy that won't fall too far down the draft because of just how elite his gifts are. So I still have him graded six through eight draft pick. That's just that just shows how elite his traits are and how elite his handle is. His handle is very good. That that handle cannot be understated on how good it is and how elite he is getting to the rim. It, it is truly special. His 6'8 frame plus that handle makes him a very unique prospect. And, you know, that's that's why he was talked about the number one pick for a very long time because got elite gifts oozing out of him. That's Ron Holland. We're going to go ahead and break down Matas Buzelis next. Matas Bazelis is six foot ten. Right now, he's averaging eleven point eight points per game, off of so far thirty seven percent field goal percentage, nineteen percent three point percentage, and eighty one percent free throw percentage for one point three assists. So, you know, Matas is somebody that's got a really good handle. He can definitely uh, get to the rim really easily. He's got still some really nice touch floaters type of finishes near the rim. It looks really nice and fluid and natural for him. You know, he's a very intelligent cutter. cutter. The point forward gifts are still there. I mean, he's a very, very good passer for the size. I do think that, you know, he still can be exposed by quicker, faster guys getting to the rim. One thing that he did show that was interesting is he was shot blocked at the rim that game very well. He was a good rim defender in that game. Now, he's not a center, but as like a a weak side shot blocker. Oh, yeah, the intrigue is definitely more intriguing for him defensively there. He looked pretty good in those situations. You also did see him like at the mid post where a lot of passers think of Draymond Green, the Golden State Warriors offense. You see him in the mid-range, mid-post area looking for cutters like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson coming off their off-ball screens. We saw him that in that situation, the G League at night game, which was nice to see because that's really the spot that he would be ideal in the NBA is initiating offense for his teammates. So, you know, he's an intriguing guy, also a high upside guy, just like Ron Holland. But, you know, the reason why I have him great as a 14 through 18 draft pick is because unlike Ron Holland, he just doesn't have those ridiculous athletic gifts to beat by people. So if he if they're going to drop uh, sack off of him, then he doesn't have the athletic gifts to really go downhill and be super elite to overcome those type of things. And, you know, he's in a tough situation. And um, right now I have him greater through 14 through 18, but he could fall down lower in the draft board the more I think about it because it's just such a tough fit for a guy like that to not be able to shoot the three. And 16% is abysmal. So 
Yeah, nineteen percent. My bad. So so far off. <laughs> All righty, we're gonna go ahead and kick it to the next guy of the G League Ignite team, Tyler Smith. And Tyler Smith is six foot nine. He's really smooth, moving defensively, switchable, really long. In this game, he definitely did a really good job as a standstill shooter. And, you know, uh, I forgot to mention his shooting splits are uh, he's averaging 10 points per game, 42% field goal percentage, 42% three-point percentage, and 68% free throw percentage. That 42-three-point percentage is really the selling point for him. He's a 6'9 guy, thinner frame, but he moves really well. He's a pretty good screen and roll guy. He can also pick and pop at the three-point line. Very versatile. He definitely seems like an extremely high-tier backup power forward in the NBA that can be that 3D role player switchable shoot the three can handle the ball a little bit when it's needed and where it's then and it's open so you know I, I have him graded 18 through 20 in this draft he's definitely such a clear role player fit as long as that three point percentage doesn't drop below a certain level he's going to be a lock in my opinion for our first round draft pick, which is good for him and kick it to Matas Buzelis Six foot ten. Let's go over this. Averaging eleven points per game off of thirty-seven percent field goal percentage. Yeah, fifty-nine percent field goal percentage, zero percent three-point percentage, and fifty-five percent free throw percentage. So again, if you guys heard my previous breakdowns, the same issues are the same issues it is now. It's him being a tweener is a real, 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 real issue. He is because he's six foot ten, so he can't be a center, and he's a thinner guy. So, on top of that, he doesn't have power forward skill, so he can't really be a power forward either. He's still such a great defender, so switchable, so elite defensively. You know, he could post very well. He finishes the rim very well. He's a pretty good pick and roll as a roll man. He fits all all well into those type of things. In this game, it became very evident that height was an issue in that game. The guy who was facing a little taller, and it gave him some issues which was not a really good game for him. So, you know, he's moving down the draft board. He was at 31 through 35 grade. But right now, I have him graded as a 45 through 50 draft pick. I personally feel like the height that he got shown issues with is definitely wasn't a good sight to see. And you know what I mean? And it's they're only going to get taller and bigger in the NBA than the G League. So that's that's an issue for Izan Almanza. The next game to break down is Michigan versus Indiana. So Indiana has Kyle Ware. He's a seven-footer. Right now he's averaging 14.8 points per game, 1.8 assists, 1.6 blocks, 67 free throw percentage, 42% three-point percentage, 55% field goal percentage. So Kyle Ware in this game, he still showed you the amazing standstill three-point shooter, which is really his elite skill, NBA draftable skill. And, you know, that 42% three-point percentage is unreal. You know, he's definitely somebody that's got really good feet and moves really well in the perimeter. He's an above average to good athlete for the NBA Inside and at the rim, he showed a lot of flashes of shot blocking at the rim pretty well. Again, he has a thinner frame, so it's going to take time for him to put size on his body to be able to be a starting center in the NBA. But at, whenever that happens, that won't be an issue as much as it is now, just because he's a thinner guy. I definitely would like to say also, in the post, he looked pretty good today. He hasn't really, you haven't really been able to see him 
in the post, but he looked really natural and his footwork looked really nice. And it did show some potential. It looked really nice and he had some really good moves in the post. And this guy is really showing why he was a five-star prospect last year coming out of high school because he is definitely putting it all together this year, unlike like what he did last year at Oregon. All right. So we're going to go ahead and break down the players on the other side. And the main guy to break down from Michigan is Olivier Nakamura. He's 6'9", senior from Finland. He's averaging 17 points per game, 7.6 rebounds, 2.6 assists, 55% field goal percentage, and 38% three-point percentage, which is really nice. You know, this guy has really great shooting splits. He's a very strong human being, really athletic, moves really well. You know, he shows a really nice handle. The handle is what's really intriguing offensively. His ability to shot create off the handle and get to the rim and put some moves together and have some fadeaway jump shots and things of that nature is really intriguing. You know, he does post as well in college, uh, and he's very good at it due to his strong frame, athletic gifts, and post skill, but he's not going to really be super translatable to the NBA. But, you know, the idea that he can pair these moves like a fadeaway and mesh those things off the handle is really realistic due to how natural his handle does look. You know, his athletic gifts plus strong frame usually translate to good defenders. He's 6'9". He's a power forward. You know, he really reminds me a ton of Rui Hachimura. Definitely feel like they have such similar skill. The mid-range shot is, you know, really, really good, just like Rui's is. You know, this it really does match up so well. Their skill sets, their body frames, things of that nature. So that's why I really feel confident in him as an NBA draft pick due to the success that we've seen Rui Hachimura have. Now, did he have value for the Wizards when they drafted him like seventh or ninth in the draft? No. But like as a high level scoring pack of power forward in the NBA, yeah, that's still valuable. And Olivia Nakamura can be that. And I have him graded as eight, 18 through 20 draft pick. I also feel like his he's a little taller, a little more athletic than Rui, so he can be a better defender than Rui. And uh, yeah, I'm really intrigued by his game, and I definitely feel like it's really NBA translated. And the next guy to break down from that game from Michigan is Terrence Williams, six foot seven senior from Michigan. He's averaging 12.4 points per game. Off of 80% free throw percentage, 41% three-point percentage, 45% field goal percentage. And, you know, this guy can really shoot the three, but I do have him graded undrafted because I think he's a little too tight. Just a smidge too tight quickness and athleticism and um, the way his hips move and defensively. And he's a thinner guy as well, which is an issue defensively. If I had to make like a 60 through 90 guys he would be in there right and i definitely feel like he'll get a he'll have a stint in the summer league i definitely feel like i could definitely see him on a summer league roster but i don't view him as an nba draft pick but he's very very close all right the next game that we're going to go ahead and break down is oklahoma versus tcu and in in that game we got jalen moore from oklahoma he's six foot seven junior right now he's averaging 9.3 points per game one block 82% 82% free throw percentage, 43% three-point percentage, 50% 4% three field goal percentage. 
So, when you talk about him, it's very apparent as soon as you turn on the film. This guy is an athlete. He's able to move so smoothly, just defensively. He is so impressive. And he's got a really, he's really strong. He's got a really good, strong frame. And you mix that with his athletic gifts, and he's one heck of an on-ball defender. I mean, special, special defender. You know, the the 40... What was it? The 43% three-point percentage is really elite. That's a really elite three-point percentage. The only thing is his handle's extremely raw. You know, it definitely, it's tough for him getting to the rim. You don't really see many flashes of it. If we did see more slashes out of it, he would be a first-round draft pick, in my opinion, because he defensively, athletically, body frame-wise, reminds me of OG Ananobi. I feel like he's an OG Ananobi clone. And defensively, you need strength to be able to defend and be 3 and D guys. And, you know, there's a reason why the P.J. Tuckers of the world, the Kawhi Landers of the world, the Scottie Pippins of the world, the LeBron Jameses of the world, those kind of guys, stronger guys, are usually the elite defenders. And Jalen Moore has the body frame to be an elite guy defensively and has the elite stanchel three-point shooting. But the, the handle is just so very, very raw right now. His gifts are too elite to leave out of the draft, though. I haven't graded him as a 45 through 50 draft pick, but if I see handle flashes, he'll skyrocket to the first round because his gifts are undeniable. You turn on the tape and it's like, yeah, this guy is an elite defender. He might- One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Might be the best small forward defender in this draft. That's how good he is at that. So it's really nice. Impressive. So we're gonna go ahead and break down the next guy from that game. Emmanuel Miller, six foot seven, TCU. He's averaging 17 points per game um, off of 1.5 steals, 2.6 assists, six rebounds, 84% free throw percentage, 37% three-point percentage and 51% field goal percentage. So when you talk about Miller, you know, he is, isn't as elite of an athlete as Moore, but Moore is really elite, but he's very good athlete, really good defender on ball. He has a really long wingspan. So that's really impressive too. He's a strong guy defensively. I mean, he's so good defensively that they used him as like backup center. Like he was guarding the rim sometimes. Sometimes that's how good he is defensively. I mean, it is. Duke can really defend. Obviously, with the thirty-seven percent three-point percentage, the base floor here is a three and D wing. That's a very good defender. But the handle looks really well. It shows shot creation off the handle. It showed you know one-on-one mid-range shot creation in the mid-range. And, you know, there's some post 
skill there and there's getting to the rim and good handling and he can, you know, attack the rim and you know he's a good player. I definitely feel like he has some unique scoring upside with the three and D floor. And I could definitely see him being a long time backup small forward or maybe even one day working his way into a starting lineup. You know what I mean? He's he's just such an elite on ball defender though. So yeah. Emmanuel Miller is the guy from TCU. We're going to go ahead and kick it to the next game. All right, so the next game, the breakdown is Cal versus Colorado. We're going to go ahead and break down the Cal side of things first. So the first guy to break down is Jalen Celestine. Jalen Celestine, six foot seven. He's uh, averaging 7.9 rebounds a game, uh, 80% free throw percentage, 50% three-point percentage, and 40% field goal percentage. You know, this guy still does... He's really strong, and you know he defends really well. He's a quicker guy. He definitely moves really fluidly. I don't think there's any like hitches in his movement abilities. You know he's a very good on-ball defender, switchable, all the type of things that you want from your small board. You know he can be a rim attacker. He's a least standstill three-point shooter. The fifty percent field goal percentage speaks for itself. That's insanely elite and this is a guy that can be an ideal rotational 3d guy you know and i have him graded 40 through 45 draft pick he didn't really show anything new this game than last game so he's gonna stay where he is at we're gonna go ahead and break down the next guy from cal then which is jalen tyson he's six foot seven averaging 20 Point seven points per game, seven point one rebounds off of three point one assists, and fifty one percent field goal percentage with thirty seven percent three point percentage, eighty seven eighty percent free throw percentage. And you know this guy is a very good passer. Still, he definitely has an odd scoring ability where it's a lot of angles and attacking feet. And he's a very intelligent scorer because he's not overly gifted athletically, but he does it a lot from attacking feet, doing all those little things. He has a very odd bag, finishing bag at the rim, and he's an off-tempo scorer. He's very odd, hard to like get a read of. Right now, I have him graded as a 56 through 60 draft pick. He's a very borderline NBA draft guy, but his scoring skill is intriguing but you know it's it's not overly translatable to the nba it's just a it's a really tough scout to be honest with you it's a really interesting game we're gonna go ahead and break down the colorado side of things then first man up is cody williams finally he's healthy thank goodness he's healthy so we could watch his games uh he's six eight from colorado 14.3 points per game off of one 0.08 steals, two assists, 3.6 rebounds, 71% free, three first percentage, 46% three point percentage, and 58% field goal percentage. So, you know, this guy is a thinner guy, uh, but the, in this game, you know, he's still a very good defender. He His thinness gets in the way of him being as elite as he could be defensively, but later down the line, he'll be a better defender. He's a good athlete. He's still the 45% three-point percentage is extremely rare. He still shows you some rare, rare flat. You know, I definitely feel like the biggest thing that he showed in this game was passing. He definitely showed a higher level passing than I've seen before from him. It was really interesting to watch. He made some really tough passes. He has some natural passing gifts. And if I had to put it in perspective, I'd say if he was a point guard, I'd say he'd be an average passer for the point guard position, which is nothing but a compliment. 
right? So at the small forward six eight length, it's really intriguing, and you can definitely label him as a power as a point forward. I definitely feel very confident in the point forward label for Cody Williams. And on top of that, it's he's a there's no like really great comp for him because most point forwards that you can think of are like the Scotty Barneses of the world, Andre Godalas, right? Draymond Greens, <coughs> Scotty Pippins. Those kind of guys are usually stronger guys, athletic, get to the rim and pass, right? But his three-point shot is intriguing, and he's not nearly as strong and athletic as elite as getting to the rim as those guys are. But, you know, he's a very interesting uh, point forward. It's not an exact comp to Franz Wagner, but it's very close to Franz Wagner in the effect that he'll probably have on the NBA basketball floor. He's a very safe draft pick and improve your team. There's no high upside there, but an extremely high floor. He's really intelligent, and he's not going to make you lose games. He'll help you win them, but he's not going to win you those games in the NBA. I don't think he'll ever be somebody that's going to average more than 18 a game. But, you know, he can definitely impact the game more than 18, right? And he's he's going to be a guy who impacts winning basketball. And that's really his selling point. So I have him. He moved up in my draft board. He I'm rated as 8 through 10 pick right now. He's the 8th guy on my big board right now. Um, so, yeah, Cody Williams, he's moving up in the, in the world. And then the next guy to break down from Colorado is Tristan Da Silva, 6'9 senior. He is averaging 16 points per game, 5 rebounds, 2.8 assists, 52% field goal percentage, 39% three percentage, and 81% free throw percentage. So when you talk about him, you know, he's a slower guy, a tighter mover. The def- defensively, it could be a question at the next level. Um, he's going to be labeled as like a below average NBA athlete, but he shoots the three point shot so well. Six nine length is really nice, and he did come off like a, some off ball screens. You know the JJ Redick screens, the Grady Dick off ball movements, the Max Struess off ball movements, those type of things. You did see him do that this game, which is a really unique wrinkle in his skill set that I've never seen before. It's really intriguing. So, you know, he's he's stayed where he's at right now. I still have him graded as a 26 through 30 draft pick. You know, I definitely feel like he could be a late a late first round draft pick. Somebody tries to draft and see if they can get a long term backup power forward out of him. Uh, but yeah, he's a really solid role player. And he, he he's a really really safe prospect at this moment in time. All right, so the last thing to break down from these games is uh, Zachary Rocher. So he is a 6'8", small forward from France. Right now he is averaging 10.7 points per game, a 40% three-point percentage, 58% two-point percentage, 76% free throw percentage. When you talk about Rocher, you got to talk about a thinner frame, definitely a guy that, you know, I've definitely personally been lower on throughout these the first two games, full games that we watched of him. But this game, he looked different. He definitely came off off-ball screens, the same screens that the J.J. Reddicks of the world, the Grady Dicks, the uh, Reggie Millers, the Ray Allens, the you know Kyle, Clay Thompsons of the world that do all the off-ball stuff. He looked very good in those situations as the guy that's coming off those screens. And he's definitely still such a great standstill three-point shooter. But what's really interesting is he was driving to the going to the mid-range, and he had like a pullback, step-back mid-range shot that looked really smooth. I mean, it looked really 
elite. And that was really intriguing. He also had a you know, a possession where he was handling to the ball handling to the rim. It looked really fluid and his handle looks really fluid. And um, you know, I've never seen him do anything outside of stand 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 at the three point line for two full games. So it was mind blowing to watch all this skill from Zachary Rocher and it was very intriguing. So I can definitely see why everybody else has been so high in him. I must have just gotten unlucky that the two games I watched just didn't really show that. Luckily this is why we watch multiple full games of guys. Uh so Zachary Rocher is really moving up my draft board because also on top of everything, he has extension cords for arms. I mean, his wingspan is insane. <laughs> his arms are really long. So you know, his ability to shot crate off the dribble, even though he's not like an overwhelmingly good athlete, he'll still be able to get a shot off because his release point is so high with the wig span and the six foot eight. I mean, he might have like a seven, two, seven, three, seven, four wingspan. It is ridiculously long. So, you know, the flashes of shot creation off the dribble that he had was very good. And, you know, right now I have him great as a six through eight draft pick. As of right now, he's the fourth guy on my big board. He's really flown up. But, hey, man, the the intrigue is very obvious. I personally right now think he's a better version of Nicholas Batum. I also think there's some Chris Middleton there, scoring-wise. Um, interesting guy. Very interesting. Uh, but, yeah, the shot creation, the smoothness, how easy it looks for him. You know, the length that he has, I can understand why everybody else has been having him as a top five guy. Um, You know, I take my eye tests very seriously just because I said before that he was a sec early second round draft pick doesn't mean that I'm going to stick to that grade when I really when I trust my eye test and you know and I'm not going to be stuck in stone like that so Zachary Rocher has flown up the board he deserves it the eye test looked really great and I definitely can't wait to watch him play again we're going to watch a lot of these French guys playing coming up in these future games. So uh, on, and that is the last game for this week. So I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a little intro into what's going to be coming for you guys next week. So, you know, USC is going to play Colorado tonight, which is the 13th. So hopefully all those guys play Isaiah Collier, Bronny James, Williams, Cody Williams, Tristan Dostella, Kobe Johnson, all those guys. Hopefully they all play. I'm really excited for that one. It's going to be a big game. Um, we got a UConn versus Creighton. Oh man, I've been waiting for so long to scout Stefan Castle because his three-point shooting has really plummeted to a really scary area. So I, I really do want to get a good feel for him. Um, and so he'll probably move on my big board based on what I see. Obviously, Donovan Klingens, super elite. I really can't wait to watch him play. Man, he reminds me so much of Roy Hibbert. And then they're going to play against Creighton with Trey Alexander and Ryan Kalkburner. Trey Alexander's a late first-round draft pick for most people. I personally have him really comp to uh, Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, and then we got Duke played Notre Dame on January 6th. Tyrese Proctor, Kyle Filipowski. And Notre Dame has a freak athlete that's six foot ten named Kerry Booth. I'm really excited to see what my full game eye test is gonna say about this guy. It's really intriguing. Um, and also next week we have Oklahoma versus West Virginia. That's a really big game. Jalen Moore, like I broke down from this podcast, it's gonna be really interesting to watch. And Oklahoma and West Virginia has somebody named Rayquan Battle that's been losing his mind scoring wise. And I saw him in a short, you know, 
a, a quarter of basketball, and he looks like an NBA draft prospect. So I'm really intrigued to watch him play. And then we got one on the French rotations. It's either going to be uh, Melvin Adhensia, Zachary Rocher, or Tijuan Saloon. If I had to prefer somebody, it would probably either be Saloon or Adhensia, one of those two. But we'll see who I can watch. But those are the five games that, in theory, without anybody missing any games, which is never what happens, that we'll be able to watch. And yeah, so it's an exciting time frame for the podcast. I definitely can't wait to break down this stuff for you guys next week. Oh man, I can't wait to watch Isaiah Collard, Roddy James, and Cody Willis go at it. It's going to be great basketball. So yeah, I'm really excited. Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate all the listeners. I really appreciate the people that are going to the mock draft website that's got all my mock drafts and my big boards. It The big board does get updated as soon as I watch games. So uh, everything's moving on that big board constantly based on what I'm seeing. And, you know, I definitely really appreciate everybody that goes to our TikToks, my Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all those type of things. Or if you just listen and you appreciate the podcast and you enjoy listening to it, I really appreciate it. So, yeah, thanks, you guys, for listening. Have a great week, and I'll see you next Thursday.